Brando. Jamesy. Twas the night before Scubamus. Scubamus. And all through the dive shop, not a creature was stirring. <laughs> not even a... Not, not even, even a, a flip-flop. <laughs> even a split fin. Yeah. <laughs> the stockings were the hung snorkels. by the fill the station snorkels. with care. The snorkels were hung by the fill station. In the hope that St. Brando soon would be there. There ain't no St. Brando, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> hey, Come on. Give it him a sainthood. I see you when you got those jolly rosy cheeks <laughs> and <laughs> the twinkle on your nose. <laughs> the twinkle on my nose. That's cocaine. Then what to my wondering eyes should appear, Brando? I don't know. On a miniature spare air. <laughs> with, with, with I was going to say a miniature DPV with a, <laughs> but a spare air. Eight uh, sling bottles, eight eight stage <laughs> bottles, eight D. Then what to my wondering eyes should appear? But a miniature backplate in eight tiny stage bottles. <laughs> That's better. I like that. Eight tiny stage bottles. They're aluminum 40s. They're really a not little, stage bottles, but. A little old driver, so lively to and fro, I knew in a moment it must be St. Brando. <laughs> Why? Why am I? Uh... <laughs> You're gonna be famous by the end of this. Okay. And more rapid than eagles, his reindeer all came, as he shouted, "On Dasher and each reindeer's name." I thought we should have uh, maybe seahorses instead of reindeer. Ooh, well, it, like won't, it. it won't work. And more rapid than eagles, his seahorses all came, as he shouted. On Dasher, and each seahorse's name. On Jacques. On Sheck. On Jacques and on Falco. <laughs> and on, on Falco. <laughs> on Sheck. On and Larry Green. And on Pro. <laughs> on Aqua. On Lung. <laughs> go, 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 go. That's pretty good. And so up on the flybridge, the seahorse soon flew with the sleigh full of toys and St. Brando, too. What about a, instead of a sleigh? And up to the flybridge, the seahorses soon flew with a scooter full of toys and St. Brando, too. <laughs> Saint. <laughs> Down the mooring line he came with a leap and a bound. He was all dressed in fur and his belly was round. <laughs> He spoke not a word, but his bubbles went straight to work. And he filled up those snorkels. Then he back kicked with a jerk. <laughs> and laying his finger aside his nose to clear his unequalized ears. <laughs> <laughs> Then, giving a nod, grabbed a couple of beers. <laughs> he grabbed a couple of beers. <laughs> yes, exactly, he did. But I heard him exclaim as he swam out of sight, "Merry Christmas to all, and all a good night dive." <laughs> The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando.
<laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> and all a good night dies. <laughs> nice. Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to the Great Die Podcast. And happy Hanukkah and Kwanzaa or whatever you're celebrating. Well, you know, over in uh, Europe, they have the Krampus. Old Krampus. You have this thing for cramps and Krampus and Krampus. What is it? What is it? I don't get it. <laughs> Krampus is with a K. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I don't get it. Krampus. You never heard of Krampus? I've heard of Krampus. I don't know much about Krampus, but I, yes, I've heard of it. He's, uh, he's just like a demon goat that terrifies the children of Austria. You would think if he's a demon and you want to terrorize somebody, you don't become a goat. You become like a... Like would a, you be a goat? Like a devil, like a devil goat. Oh, the devil goat. Well, now that's something completely different. The devil goat. He's terrorizing. You know what they do in Japan for uh, for Christmas? Um, I have no idea. Karate? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't, th- I don't think that's politically incorrect to say that. That's a very big part of their heritage. That is, be super, proud. that is super politically incorrect. Why? Because everybody knows it's karate. 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 <laughs> Are they waxing on and waxing off? <laughs> no, the big thing in Japan on Christmas is eating KFC, if you can believe it. Yes, I did know that. I did know that. I remember the stories came out. I don't know if it was last year or the year before about all, all the KFC for Christmas dinners in Japan. Yeah, That's pretty cool. I don't know if KFC is behind that story or the conglomerate that owns KFC and Pizza Hut and Pepsi and all that stuff. I'm not sure. but uh, you, mean, you mean the conglomerate that owns Christmas? <laughs> that owns us, yes. Uh, but I, I mean, if I owned KFC... And I also controlled most of the media and everything. Of course, I I put a story out there. I'd put it on the news. Yeah, Guess what? Sure. Nationwide. And you know what? Everybody would. I think people would start copying because that's what people do. And they'd say, "We want to have a Japanese Christmas this year." And we're gonna. That's get why KFC. I heard over in uh, Australia, they you know what they do for Christmas? Uh, they listen to the Great Dive podcast. <laughs> now that's a, now that's a podcast, mate. <laughs> Now, over here, it's kind of tradition of leaving out milk and cookies. But, or beer. And, and this this almost rum. sounds made up, like it's a, like it was a, a punchline from a joke. But in Ireland, they leave Guinness and mince pie. Did you know that? I didn't know that, but that makes sense. I mean, I, I leave a couple drinks for Santa when I go to bed. Yeah, yeah. You like, know. I remember my dad when I was a, a wee lad. He's tired of milk he, he and cookies. A, he had a he had a Budweiser and a <laughs> some slice beef of pizza. jerky. All the pizza, <laughs> yeah, I should say. Uh, mine gets a good bottle of scotch. And <laughs> could you imagine what the Christmas stories are like when uh, Santa's having a pint of Guinness at every house in Ireland? Oh yeah. <laughs> By the time he gets to Scotland, the presents are all all just messed up. <laughs> I can't find. <laughs> I can't find Johnny we gets a, Johnny gets a Barbie doll. <laughs> the bicycle's all put together wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the dollhouse is just not finished. It's like left in a pile at the bottom of the tree. <laughs> it's just a pile of wood, some furniture next to it, some plastic furniture. That's uh, to all the dads out there and moms. Don't want to. Not include anybody, but to all the folks out there that uh, have assembled stuff for their wee lads and lasses. A cheers. A Christmas. Cheers. A Christmas cheers. Uh, Yuletide cheers. To all, the, to all the good little boys and girls out there. Give, give us a ho-ho-ho. Ho-ho-ho-ho. There's St. Brando. <laughs> Mine was more so, like uh, scuba divers. <laughs> <laughs> so scuba divers out there, have you been naughty this year or have you been nice this year? It's tough to be naughty this year. You're in lockdown. Well, we know that old Saint Nick makes up his 
naughty and nice list every year to check off if you're getting all those presents that you asked for when you were waiting in line at the shopping mall. I think that list is a crock. Or if you're getting a stocking full of coal. I've never seen anyone get coal. I've seen some bad people get nice stuff. Is there a scuba diving naughty and nice list? No. I guess there's a I guess there's like the classic do's and don'ts that you could consider the naughty list and the nice list, right? Like if you uh, did a classic standing on the on the top of the ten thousand year old brain coral, I, I, I guess that should put you on the naughty list. That should put you on the dumbass list. That should put you on the <laughs> you're not diving with us anymore list. But yeah, if you never got separated from your buddy one time on all the dives you did this year, that should put you on the scuba Santa nice list. Okay. Right. You with me? You, I, I, you, I, I'm feeling it. You, you catch my drift? I'm catching. I'm. I'm. I'm digging what you're laying down. I'm catching your drift. I'm. Uh, you know, it's like uh, raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. It's just like that. Not losing. Not losing your buddy and making good ascents. <laughs> These are a few of my favorite things. Okay, I do have to say that song like triggers me. It's triggers. <laughs> Come on. Girls in white dresses with uh, blue satin sashes? Yeah, I like them for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's so why. you are on the naughty list, all right? Really, like I said, I am the naughty list. Your cheeks are uh, nice and rosy, and you're looking pretty comfy cozy right there. Just so you know. <laughs> That's so, hey, Jack listen. I found a story about underwater safety. The do's and the don'ts of scuba diving. Don't die. Do. List. This is on divingpicks.com. <laughs> Diving Bix or Picks? Picks. P-I-X? P-I-C-K-S. P-I-C-K-S. Okay. Diving Picks. Okay. They say before heading deep into the ocean, you must be prepared to ensure your overall safety. Just like in any other precarious undertaking, scuba diving has its list of do's and don'ts that must be strictly followed, especially by beginners. And they've got some of the top rules compiled right here for you, for the new inquiring diver. So let's see how these fit into our traditional thoughts of naughty and nice. Let's. Let's shall. Let us shall. Do invest in a good diving school, they say. In a good diving school? Yes. Look for a quality school or training that would teach you about diving or just the basics of it if you were just a beginner. You could do so by researching, looking at reviews, as well as asking other people. Yeah, that's a tough one, though, isn't it? Don't just get the $99 class when you're on the cruise to the Bahamas and think you know what you're doing as a diver. Yeah. I mean, the, the hard part of it, James E., is always you don't know what you don't know, and everybody claims they're the best. Everybody. That, that is true. And um, I, so I think what would put you on the naughty list is if, you, if that's all you've done mm -hmm. and you have that mentality, that arrogance that you learned it all in two hours to, <laughs> to do every dive out there uh, that should put you on the naughty list what's there to know what's there to know what could go wrong oh i don't know uh everything <laughs> do be physically fit doobie did you say doobie doobie, doobie. <laughs> he said doobie question for you because i've i've thought about this like if i weren't in some semblance of fitness, would I be looking to pursue scuba diving training? <laughs> like if you're if your main activity is watching TV and chips, are you going to say, okay, well, I'm going to go learn to scuba dive today? Um, you know, a, a lot of people do because they think, oh, I'm in the water, weightless. Oh, yeah, you know, it's going to be you know more comfortable. It's it's like the same thing of why you get so many people that come in they take a scuba class because they want to get over their fear of the water 
Well, yeah, uh, they yeah, don't. They don't know how to swim, so they're going to take a scuba <laughs> class because they'll have all this yeah. gear on, which will keep them protected. And it's cheaper than swim lessons. It's ninety nine <laughs> bucks a couple of weeks. Exactly. Like, why, and why would I take swimming lessons when I could just become a scuba diver for right. ninety nine bucks? Not only will Clearly I learn to <laughs> exactly. Not only will I learn to swim, but I'll learn how to use scuba gear. And well, and I think this works out really well because because of that thinking um what they have here saying that you should be physically fit the issue is yes if you're just gonna do a 20 foot dive for 20 30 minutes on a cruise ship with an 80 that should be double triple the amount of gas that you need for that dive you're probably totally fine but the problem that we keep coming back to is people get that certification card and they go oh well there's a shipwreck in 180 feet just <laughs> at the end of over this wall. Yeah, let's go take a quick look at that. Yeah, just got to buy some gear, rent it. Yeah, yeah, and they, and they they don't separate very well the understanding between I've got my basic recreational card that allows me to hold the dive master's hand in 20 feet of water versus being out there and being a diver. Right. And part of being out there and being a diver is knowing that you need to be physically fit. You need to be able to manage CO2 in your body. You need to have the strength for when the shit hits the fan. It's really, really comfy and really, really easy, and anybody can do it until something goes wrong. And then you need all that stuff. Agreed. Like now yeah. you need it. Yeah, agreed. Another thing that will keep you on Santa's nice list is if you make sure you check your equipment. Make sure that everything is working properly and nothing has a defect. Are you really naughty, though, if you forget to check your gear, if you're like, I'm too busy? Are you really naughty? Oh, I put you on the naughty list. Santa does not, you're not going to get that shiny new snorkel. He catches you uh, not checking your rental gear. Hmm. Like just jumping in the water with that O-ring just bubbling away on that tank behind it, not even aware of it, not even caring. Yeah, free but... flowing, free flowing octopus. <laughs> you just throw on, jump in the water, no regard about what's going on. Gauge, there's a gauge on there. The needle doesn't even work. It's it's stuck at zero. You're jumping in the water, doing your dive, you're not paying attention to anything. <laughs> Naughty list. Naughty list. Well, I think that's one end of the spectrum. Yeah, okay. You got to check your equipment. True. This is an equipment-intensive activity, so it only makes sense. And I think where you're going is uh, the other end of that, meaning you're going to have little things that go wrong. You need to be able to just, you know, not stress out about it and deal with it. I think that's yeah, uh, kind of the... Uh, the opposite end of this coin a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say... But I I, kind of get where... I I think I know where you're going. Yeah. You're you're going to have regulators at free flow. You're going to have all that shit. And it'll happen in the the dive. Well, yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, you know... But that's checking your equipment and knowing it beforehand. Like, for instance, we did that that dive last weekend, and I had a leaking, free-flowing, wintry, free-flowing second stage that I had to swap out right before the dive. But not checking and not being aware, right, I would have just gotten in the water in that already freezing cold 36-degree Fahrenheit water. That would have only escalated and gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. And worse. And worse. And worse yet. Can it get any worse? (laughs) And made an already painfully cold and miserable dive painfully colder. And more miserable. We can't we can't say it was miserable because we're the Great Dive Podcast. We love diving. <laughs> we do love diving, but parts of it I didn't say it, it uh was regrettable. I'm just saying Same. miserable. It got sometimes <laughs> sometimes we, we seek out the miserable. <laughs> and we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we no, found I it. it go, you know it going in, it's gonna be cold and painful by the end. So Yeah. Well we found it, yeah. You found yes. it. And we loved and that put every, me on the nice list, by the yes, way. Yes, we loved every miserable moment of it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is why we're the Great Dive Podcast. <laughs> do you apply the rule of thirds on your dives? If you do, that puts you on this nice list. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Do you really need thirds 
on a, on an open water dive? Well, they say here, according to this rule, a diver must allocate a third of his or her air supply for the downward journey, the other third for the return journey, and the last third for safety purposes. This is essential, they say, to guarantee that you won't suffer from any accident underwater and that you can make it to the top again. What about a drift dive in open water where you're going down? can travel and then you're going to come up you're not going to travel back you don't need that travel back what's going on what's the deal so now i'm on the naughty Wait, are you say are you saying that people <laughs> out there are blindly following the rule of rule thirds third? and not really understanding how to apply it because I, they only read about it on the internet or heard a dive master James. say at one time and they just assume that it's a golden rule that can always let me quote unquote guarantee that you won't suffer from any accident underwater are you reading my mind yes yeah Wait, are you saying there's more to the rule of thirds <laughs> <laughs> than than just having a third of your gas in all situations uh yeah i'm hinting at that for sure uh, just i to be to be relegated to one list or the other because you Wait, are you saying that if understand you're, if you're wearing an aluminum 80 tank and you have breathed <laughs> the first third of your 3,000 PSI on the first part of the dive and then the second part of your 3,000 PSI for the, the return, return part of your dive and you find yourself in 100 feet of water with only 1,000 <laughs> PSI that illuminated, that it's not enough gas that this doesn't work? Is that what you're saying? To get two people home? Yeah, you're god dang right. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. There is more. Somebody... <laughs> are you are you saying people need more education out there? Uh, I, people I mean, need to listen to the Great Dive podcast. Should be apply the rule of three Great Dive podcasts. Should be what puts you onto the nice list. Well, yeah, I think this uh, this points at a big, huge, little uh, not big, huge, little, but a big, huge. <laughs> Uh, this points at a gigantic, <laughs> tiny thing. That we all need to talk about. Well, it's a discrepancy in the in the status quo of teaching the basic open waters right now. You go through all this training on you know taking your snorkel out of your mouth and exchanging it for a regulator. Like ye, this is a huge thing in that class. But hey, how much is gas management? Come up with five hundred in your tank. Hey, thanks, man. What? What? <laughs> right, what? Right. You don't learn anything about breathing rates, tank. I mean, tank factors, all the things that you can use to quickly calculate gas on the fly, pre-dive, etc. Uh, they they don't even address it. I don't. Many people don't. Some do, but according to the curriculum, it's a very tiny part. Gas management. Brando, we've got. To get the fin pivot done. Okay. Exactly. We don't have time <laughs> for the gas. We don't have time for gas management. We're fin pivoting down here. It's going to take them Pin 45, it's take them 45 <laughs> minutes of our two hours in the pool just to get the fin pivot down. There you go. And then, they, and then you wonder why they're all laying on the bottom pivoting out in the uh, coral reef. Um, it's called neutral buoyancy. <laughs> Notice how I'm going up a little bit when I inhale and down a little bit when I exhale. Do you notice that? Um, for your information. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Great Dive Podcast is going to change this. If you want to get on the nice list of good old St. Brando, you need to apply appropriate gas management, not just blindly using some silly gas rule. I like it. I like, the, right. I like the way you put that. Silly gas rule. Do, they say, memorize all of the basic hand signals? Every single one. Now, he says here that uh, you would communicate with your diving pals through hand signals, so it's necessary to know the basics. You would want a clear communication once you're underwater. And just a side note, they say, if you want to call your diving pal, you could make a noise by banging on your tank. Or <laughs> <laughs> there's the, I see those rosy cheeks oh. from old St. Brando all uh, getting yeah. 
<laughs> Go ahead. Give us a good ho ho ho. That's ridiculous. No. <laughs> I was going to say, get a quacker. Any of those, but any noise underwater, I mean, it's it's just noise. You can't tell where it's coming from. Well, I, I think the uh, what the people need to realize is that if you need to use a noise like that underwater, well, you've yeah. jacked up, you've messed up the communication of the dive yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah, there are better ways to, to maintain communication and not have to rely on uh, quackers and tank bangers and and things like that. I know some people are, I mean, they, they like them. Teach, I know instructors like them because it gets all of the students' attention. I used to, uh, here you go. Hey. <laughs> hey, come here. Are you, listen, I don't have time for you to. You're beating the hell out of that mug. <laughs> I don't have time for you to peacefully enjoy this dive. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can remember when I, uh, would teach in the pool open water i would smack my hands you know my uh fisted hand with my flat palm and that would get their attention sometimes but well yeah 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 when you're when you're uh riling up the uh the kids yeah when you're hurting the cats when you're hurting the kittens yes but yeah i just think there are better ways but yeah tank banger tank banger do you think people become dependent on that tank banger and it doesn't work in, in some situations? Well, uh, yeah, I, th- I think a, a lot of people become dependent on that. Whereas the nice list for this is more of a passive communication. Uh, yeah, that. yeah. Wow, there you go. That's it, right? Yeah. Uh, if you want to be on the, the Great Dive Podcast nice list, it's learn passive communication so that you don't have to always actively communicate right yeah you don't constantly have to be given the okay sign and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah no kidding do stick to open areas they say stay in places where you have a full 360 degree view of your environment if possible these places should be a lot uh wide enough for you this is especially important to beginners or divers who aren't trained to go inside confined areas such as caves and shipwrecks or narrow trenches and uh yeah it's called an open water card for a reason (laughs) stay out of overhead environments (laughs) okay if you're not trained and certified and qualified saint brando says stay the fuck out bitches (laughs) (laughs) that's from a saint so listen (laughs) do Breathe continuously, they say. Of course you need to breathe. If you won't, you would die, they say. Exclamation point. They're not messing around. Is that a fact? The excitement (laughs) might be too much for you, but you need to regain focus. Remember that you haven't, this is, you know, this is a a very well-researched site because they say, remember that you would have an oxygen tank which would support you. Also... (laughs) Don't everything do you hear this? Yeah. Also, don't everything that holding your breath would save you up a lot of your stored oxygen. You would just kill yourself. This is where I probably would have stopped reading this article. I would have been like, okay. Who wrote does this person even dive? Well, the the the, the problem that we have is because it is on the internet, a lot of people read this and take it as Yeah. It's on, and it's on dive kicks, isn't it? Is that what you call diving, it? diving, diving kicks, picks. Pick, I'm sorry, picks, kicks, picks, whatever. People can't distinguish between ridiculousness and proper scuba information. Yes. So if uh, if you think that uh, if you if you have ever told somebody that uh, will you hand me my oxygen tank and <laughs> and you were and you were not doing a technical dive yes. where you were going to Actually. breathe pure oxygen <laughs> on decompression, yeah. uh, you just blindly thought that 
tank that you're putting on your back was an oxygen tank, you immediately go on the naughty list. Yes, you actually might have wasted your money for your training if that is what you've learned, if you're learning that kind of stuff. Yes, you should take your open water class all over again. (laughs) Just start all over. (laughs) Just call it a loss and use it as maybe a bad example of things and move on. Find somebody different. If you are still calling them oxygen tanks and flippers and goggles. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's basic. That's very, like, day one. If any of y'all call these flippers, I'm going to smack you with them. If any of y'all call this goggles, this mask goggles, we're going to have a problem. It's just like boot camp. And they, and they say, and he says, you know, it, you need to breathe. And if you won't, you would die. Uh, there's, prove there's it. another there's prove another it. issue yeah i mean <laughs> if you are neutrally buoyant and you take your regulator out of your mouth and you don't move in the water column your lungs are not going to explode. mysteriously explode like people are so scared into thinking now yes it's true that if you're holding your breath while you're ascending ouch Ouch! You yeah. got uh, you're in a you're going to not have a very good rest of your life. It's uh, it's it's bad news. At least you died doing something you love. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it's don't hold your breath while you're ascending. No doubt about it. But if you're uh, you know floating above a beautiful coral reef and you have to take your regulator out of your mouth for whatever myriad of possible reasons and you start exhaling feverishly you're going to crash right down on top of yes that beautiful sea fan you're gonna land your belly right on top of that urchin or lionfish or whatever you know fire coral crashing in that mermaid the mermaid so there's more thinking to it than than just blindly following some of those rules agreed that's an important one i think it should be reworded too how about the i I, how about we do reword so if you want to be on the naughty list or the dead blindly (laughs) blindly assume never hold your breath right it's never hold your breath and ascend right Right. how about we uh breathe appropriately yeah put you on the nice list always be in control of your buoyancy yes maintain full control i like it I like that better. That'll yeah. put you on the. That'll put you on the nice list. That'll put you at the top of the nice list if you can do that. You'll get an extra little surprise. Now, the, this next do is um, always do a slow ascent. That's good. True. Now, again, it says here a, a nor, uh, it is normal for the body to move fast to where there is oxygen, but you need to calm down. Just calm your asses down. <sighs> So just relax as you are leaving the marine world behind you, they say. Bask in the view of the sea's biodiversity surrounding you. Continue your slow and steady breathing to avoid the said buildup as well as the decompression sickness. So so I don't know if a computer uh, wrote this website. (laughs) Could be AI, man. It could be. It could be. It easily could be. Or it's somebody that did a cruise ship class. Or did it in a foreign language and is writing it in, uh, in yeah. English. But uh, another misconception is that just doing a slow ascent mm. is a good ascent. There's, a, yeah. there's places where a slow ascent it's... is very important. But there's also a place where a slow ascent is doing the opposite of what you're trying exactly. to accomplish you're as actually... far as decompression goes, right? Yeah, you're on gassing. You're on gassing more than you're off gassing, so... Total net is you're increasing your decompression obligation by yeah. going so slow. So you're actually increasing your your odds of decompression sickness. Yeah, and when you're trying to decompress, there's a time where you want to make that move mm-hmm. so that you can create the gradient so that you can start the off gas. But it's a it's a bigger picture of being able to have full control of it throughout the entire ascent process, and knowing that when you're when you're making the ascent, when you've decided to make the ascent. You should be hyper focused on accomplishing a job. Hyper focused. I like that. Yeah, and that, that job is to get you out of the water as clean as possible. All right, let's look at their let's look at their naughty list here. Okay. 
don't be afraid to ask questions. Is that a naughty list thing? Oh, somebody who's afraid to ask questions would be naughty. So now they're already afraid, and we're not giving them anything for Christmas now. Yeah, yeah. You're, this, you're, this poor you're, person. Uh, you're, you know, if you're shying away from uh, talking to the, to the dive professional, or, or, or if you are unclear about something. The dive plane. And are, and are afraid yes. to say something. Yeah, that should definitely put you on the naughty list because now you're going to be a, uh, you know, a detriment to yourself. You're going to be a detriment to anybody that's in the water with you. If you're not clear of the diving goal and objective for the dive amongst you and your teammate in the water, you're a liability, not an asset as a buddy. And, and that's what we, for, for years now on this show, have tried to illustrate. You know, that's the problem with the the rent a buddy program and the being mm. forced to have a dive buddy is just because you have a buddy doesn't mean that you have an asset in the water and it's usually quite the opposite you've got a liability in the water right yeah you don't know what you've got all scuba training isn't the same all that card doesn't mean a whole lot you know as far as uniformity between the people you know getting one person to the next one person has the same card as the other one, but their training that they received was completely different. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would say a, a large portion of the people that are showing up on those dive boats that are in need of a buddy, you know, not somebody who's well trained that's just going alone. I think that's different from somebody who actually needs to have a buddy assigned to them they are far more likely to be going in the water and just looking at stuff, you know, for the sake of looking at it. Right. And, and not having an objective on the dive and not realizing, like, like you and I, when we're going to go diving, as much as we're going to go down and look at a pretty coral reef, that's not the main objective of the dive. You know, the objective of the dive is getting two people home safely. And we're going to do that in such a well-organized way that we're going to have a lot of free time to look at, cool stuff along the way yeah but but w what a lot of people do is they throw scuba gear on they go in the water and they look at stuff and then they realize oh crap we got to get home too yeah it's a secondary consideration or third consideration or whatever but yeah yeah i mean dive partners and it, it's more of a team thing you know it's not just yeah team up with just anybody if you, you want good strong team members and the, the team members need to be on the same page with the mm -hmm. logistics of the dive, the planning of the gas dive. Gas planning. The, yeah, the gas planning, the ascent planning, what we're going to do, where we're going to go. Where they uh, position themselves, too. This is uh, – doesn't that yeah. bother you? Yes. Like, it, yeah, it's, it's sure to put you on my naughty list. Yeah, if I'm looking for you. If you're uh, above and behind me, I'm Naughty mad. list. Naughty Coal, you're getting coal you're in your stock. A coal, yes. I'm gonna, you're getting you're coal, coal in your snorkel. Your forehead. You're getting coal <laughs> in your dive boots. <laughs> coal in your dive boots. Putting coal, coal dust in your regulator, you clown. What the hell? I don't know if there's much more that bothers me than diving with someone and they're above and behind me. They give us another don't here, and they say don't eat a big meal before diving. I don't know. I, a big meal, I guess that's the, the the key word there is big. I guess if you're overdoing yeah, it, yeah, right, right. You gotta like, eat, man. I don't eat. Don't be a glutton before, right before your dive. Don't. I be get a that, glutton. and and uh, to like a lot of new people that are just getting into diving and they don't know, and they're used to going on vacation and getting up, and you know the hotel's got the big buffet breakfast, so they're you know they're eating and really enjoying themselves and getting the second helping of bacon, and I'm going to get a couple more biscuits, and I'm going to put two scoops of the gravy because there's a big uh, buffet bucket full of it. Okay, I get that, but I'm with you. Like I, like I, you're going to be out on that dive boat all day long? I, I want some food in my stomach. You need energy, number one, yeah. and yeah, it's – it's not good to go out to sea on a boat with an empty stomach. That is one of the worst things you can do. You know, and people say, I've never been seasick. You haven't been seasick yet. Yet, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, if you get seasick once, and only I've been seasick once, I did not eat before going out. I wouldn't wish seasickness on even, 
even that uh, person who floats up above and behind me all the time. I wouldn't even oh, wish man, seasickness on them. Seasickness is totally debilitating. Yes. It puts you down, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another don't that they have here is don't dive alone. Don't dive alone. You always need to inform someone that you are going for a dive and you should take a buddy with you, as well as a professional diver, they say. Take a buddy and a professional diver? Yeah. And for a, for a new diver, I guess that's definitely the case. Okay, okay. But for, uh, you know, the, the, the average diver, it's, it's yeah, you, wanna, you want to be in a team, but that comes with the caveat of what we were saying earlier. There's a difference between a teammate and a, and a rent-a-buddy. Right. In so much as, do you have an asset in the water with you, or have you just taken on another liability in the water mm-hmm. with you? That's what you should understand when you have a buddy. Is this person an asset or a liability? And you have to dive accordingly as a, <laughs> as a knowledgeable dive buddy, mm-hmm. right? Like I, Because I've been... You and I are both instructors and have been dive masters and have done trips before where I just want to go diving, but I know I'm going to get assigned somebody. I take that into account. Like, okay, this guy is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And I have to think about it differently than if I was diving with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it's rare that I do that anymore. That's that's how bad it can get. It's like, okay, I'm working again. I'm well, working yeah, yeah. There. Right. You know, like uh, a couple of years ago, my wife and I went down to the Keys and we're on a boat and, you know, the dive master says, hey, uh, this guy doesn't have a buddy. Could he uh, buddy up with you guys? Like, yeah, sure. No problem. You know, it's, we're just doing some shallow, shallow reef and wreck diving. Nothing crazy. But I know that every time we we turn, you know, from the from the prop of the ship that I'm going to have to check and make sure that he's with me. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You're gonna have to check and make as, sure as it's with you as, all the time. Right, exactly. It's yeah. uh, it's not you don't have that confidence in the in the person right. because he's a, a new buddy that you haven't built up any any teamwork with. Mm-hmm. So you have to think differently. You can't just go into every dive with every buddy. Of they know the basic buddy rules. I know the basic buddy rules. Everything will be perfect. Oh yeah. Well, you watch newer, especially newer divers, but you can even watch old salts or old whatever you want to call them trying to stay together as a dive team and yeah yeah and they're all over the place and a lot of times they just lose each other and think nothing of it and you know meet up at the end of the dive or you know completely blow that you know the whole look for them for a minute and go to the surface kind of thing that goes out the window and you know they're used to it they've done it so many times it was well, that's how they just like right. that's how diving is. Exactly. You get, sep- you get separated on the descent, right. and hopefully, hopefully, you meet back up uh, at the end. Yes, and I, I mean, I, I think of some of the dives here where we're working in like three feet of vis, you know, and trying to stay together is extremely difficult. Now take take that average group, and and they have a bad vis day. It's going to be a chaos. It's going to be. Like I say, herding cats kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and weird stuff happens. I mean, I remember uh, years ago being down in Cozumel where you're in, you know, 100 feet of visibility mm-hmm. every dive, except this one. Man, <laughs> it was like uh, like all this sand and sediment was like through the water, mm-hmm. like the whole entire dive. I mean, it was a whiteout. We got wow. down and... and it was like being in a snowstorm. Viz was maybe 10 feet. Mm-hmm. And if you're the diver that is just going to get in dives like that and assume that you're always going to have 100 feet of visibility and nothing's ever going to go wrong, you're just setting yourself up for a disaster at some right. point. Agreed, yeah. Now, this is a this is an interesting one. It's, it's worded really funny. Um, it says... One of the other don'ts is don't uh, uh, if you dive with someone staying up there, don't not <laughs> what? What? don't not ever <laughs> dive that? with not someone not being yes stay up there. Don't not never. <laughs> well, they say don't ever dive without someone waiting for you up in the surface. 
Okay. There should always be someone who is the lookout for safety purposes. Hmm. I don't know meaning, about that. Meaning, uh, <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> I don't not know about that. Either. I don't not know about that. Yeah. Who's gonna? I'm who's... not. I'm not unsure about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, if that means you should always have someone on the boat. Well, yes, agreed. Uh, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. If you're diving and everybody on the boat is going in the water at the same time, uh, yeah, you're on the naughty list. Yeah. Yeah, but going from a shore dive, we don't leave anyone on the surface. No. Yeah. Don't descend in an uncontrollable fashion. You should always go down gently to prevent ear equalization difficulty or exceeding your maximum depth. This requires you to have control of your body and an excellent ability to focus, meaning you're always in control of your buoyancy. Better way to put right. that. It covers a lot more bases. It covers yeah. a lot more of the the diving uh, phases. If you are constant, if you are always in control of your buoyancy, yeah, constantly. If you're always in control of your buoyancy, you're not going to have to worry about not being able to equalize your ears. Right. You're not going to have to worry about blowing through a safety stop. You're not going to have to worry about crashing into the fire coral. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have to worry about kicking up the bottom or leaving a fin print in the sea fan. <laughs> Naughty list. Uh-oh. Being out of control. Nice list. Being a diver with good buoyancy control, well-balanced and in trim, you're on the nice list. You'll get something nice in your scuba stocking. In your booty. In your booty, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That that uh, that sounds a little off there. But now, what about <laughs> diving outside of your limits? That'll put you on the naughty list, eh? Well, thing is, people some people believe they don't have any limits, really. It says right here, everyone has his no, or her limitations. You obviously haven't met Super Diver, <laughs> and I think this goes one step further than just. Don't go cave diving if you're not cave trained. Like, like I, I think people need to realize that <laughs> yeah. when you have your open water certification card, there's a way bigger limitation than 60 feet of seawater, mm-hmm. a way bigger limitation than, you know, you have an 18 meter limit. Uh, you have uh, a certification for 130 feet, right? you know, but you should stay within 60, right? It's... You dive in 20 to 30 feet like you did on your open water dives Mm -hmm. until that dive goes 100% perfect. At least. And you can repeat repeat the 100% perfection over and over and over again, and you don't miss the safety stop. You don't mess up the ascent. You, You don't get separated. You don't have issues. Then you start going deeper. Not you did your four dives. Now let's go to 80 feet. (laughs) Yeah. The the other thing is they make it sound like depth is the only thing that you really have to worry about. The thing about the open water diver is you have to dive in in conditions that are, A, the conditions where we teach and certify have to be really good. It's really difficult to to teach and certify someone in five foot of this. Okay, not impossible, but difficult. A lot the learning curve is different. Most people learning are going to have halfway decent vis, very mild conditions, very little surf, very little uh, surge, very you know all those things. A, a bottom that you know that's why they have. Uh, I keep saying you know, that's why they have the, the the underwater decks and stuff to work on. Is there's no silt to be stirred up there when you do mess up. So where are you going to, okay, well, I got certified in 30 feet of water, and this little place over here is 30 feet, but it's got surge, and it's got a bottom of silt that goes down, you know, another 10 feet, and it's got other hazards, you know, garbage or whatever is in there, or boat traffic or things like that. Those things you have to really take into consideration as well. You have to learn in those areas too, right? Yeah, that's well, that's diving, and that's Mm -hmm. what uh, we mean by 
that too is diving outside of your limitations. Right. That's what I right. mean. It, diving outside of your limitations isn't just doing a night dive without training or doing a shipwreck dive without training or a cave dive without training. It's something just as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Absolutely. doing doing that type of diving will get you on St. Brando's naughty list. <laughs> you sons of motherless goats. Yeah, at least don't do that stuff, you know, right out, now, right out of the gates. Now, this one I know is a pet peeve of yours. Oh, here we go. Split Meddling <laughs> with marine life. You know what? I don't. I don't like uh, you know people hanging onto the sea turtles and going for a ride and stuff. Uh, just because I don't think they enjoy it, it, you know. But I don't mind a little like picking up a mud puppy and letting them swim through your hands, or you know, I'm not that horrible with it. I just don't think you should injure them. Right. Well, there. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't ride a seahorse. Do not ride the seahorses. <laughs> Giddy up, little doggy. <laughs> well, you know, there definitely are the marine life meddlers. Oh, yes. That that have to, like, get in the business of, yeah. of the underwater world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, poking them and prodding them. And, you know, like a dive master in some places will poke and prod animals to get them out of there, wake them up so that you get to see them on your little dive. If I was that animal, I'm like, you motherfucker. I- <laughs> right, I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. Yeah. No, I get it. Like, I, 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 okay, they get it. I get what they're trying to give the, the customer the, the, the best experience. But is that really but an it, experience? My, yeah, I, I agree. Like, yeah. if it's a nocturnal creature that doesn't want to be out in the day, leave it the fuck alone. Go per see Saint it at Brando. night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> go go s- night diving mm-hmm. then if you want to go see it. Exactly, because you're not really, that's the same as going to an aquarium and watching it through a glass window. You know, yeah. it, it's just, put yeah, just there. Go to the, yeah, go to the aquarium. Right. I'm with you. Go to, the, go to the damn aquarium then. Like if, I, if you want to under, experience the underwater world, you got to experience it for how it is in reality. Right. If, if you're accepting of that, you go on the nice list. If you're going to meddle with nature for your convenience, <laughs> uh-huh. that I think that should put you on the naughty list. At least to a certain degree, yes. For sure. Uh, the next one is if you trash the plan. Trash the plan, man. <laughs> if you trash the plan. Well, sometimes you have to revise the plan. Is there a difference between trashing and... Trashing is just like you had a plan... And, and you go you in follow. and you do something else completely. Right. Yeah. Yes. Naughty list for sure. For sure. That's the naughty list. Now, revising the plan is something totally different. That's right. that's the sign of a well-organized team that you can go down and you can have a plan, you know, for doing something that's really well planned out. Like we're going to go down and we're going to do a, uh, uh, a shipwreck dive and a hundred and... 50 to 180 feet of water. There's going to be decompression involved. There's going to be gas switches involved. Getting down and then realizing the viz is terrible in 180 feet of water. So we're going to move this whole dive to a different area. We're going to stay in 130. Our decompression is going to be completely different, right? Being able to completely change a dive on the fly. Different. And communicate that. That's good teamwork. Agreed. Which is totally different than trashing a dive plan. Right. In fact, I would I would so go much I would go so far as to say that to go down and do that dive and then realizing it's terrible and then just thumbing it and mm-hmm. going to the surface and blowing the whole thing off because you weren't able to change it on the fly mm-hmm. is naughty. almost a, almost naughty. Yes. yes. Yeah, you should have that ability, especially at that level of diving. I don't expect it in an early level, but you should have the ability to change change up your plan on the fly because you don't know what you're going to get. You know, diving's like a box of chocolates. Mama always said that. You don't know what you're. So gonna did get. Uh, so did Saint Brando. <laughs> Saint Brando always. But he said, said it more like, "Ho ho ho, <laughs> diving's 
like a box of chocolates, baby. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you don't know what you're going to get. You should at least have that ability to uh, change. Change the plan a little bit. Don't have to be radical, but change the plan. Don't panic, they say. Don't. Don't panic. It's going to be all right. If you experienced a problem with your gears. With your gears, eh? Your gears. You need a new clutch, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) If your feet got caught in something. (gasps) If you... If you couldn't see anything, if you accidentally got in a cramped area. With Krampus, listening to the cramps. (laughs) While listening to the cramps, being chased by Krampus. If you got a little behind, don't panic, they say. Don't. If you panic, they say, you wouldn't be able to think properly to fix your problem fast. Did you get all that? I did. I did. And I I would agree. It it does impede your thought process for sure. But there's never. Go ahead. Go ahead. Also, panicking would make your heart beat faster, which in turn would make you breathe abnormally. Oh, boy. You know what that would do? That would deplete your oxygen supply fast. (laughs) (laughs) And you you wouldn't want that. You don't want that. Especially if you are already deep down in the ocean. Says divingpicks.com website. So take that into account when you are looking at diving websites, people. Yes. But let's talk seriously. Um, if you legitimately go into a panic, and I would say that anybody has the potential to go into a panic. I That's agree. why I having do. control of yourself and having an organized team is so important. And that's why training. So that you don't put your, yeah, yeah, and the right training so that you don't put yourself into a position that increases the likelihood that you could get panicked. You could, yeah. Uh, well, again, that's go, that goes to the overtraining of skills, the yes. overtraining of gas sharing. Mastery is not once or twice. Mastery is you, you do it all the time until it's just instinct. Boom, boom, you do it in your sleep. That's uh, it goes with mask clearing, breathing without a mask, neutral buoyancy, gas sharing, of course, helping your partners, paying attention to your partners, you know, looking at their equipment. All of that stuff has to be done to the point where it's it's just instinctive. It's there's no thought. We talk about that all the time. The the lack of thinking in that respect, where you have yeah. to think what to do, versus an overtrained diver will instinctively act uh, per the situation. Yeah, I would, I would almost go so far as to say that there is no instructor and there's no level of instruction that can guarantee that you would never panic underwater. Agreed. All it's going to do is hedge your bet mm-hmm. and make it less likely because you're more prepared for the situation. Right. But if you if you think that I'm going to get this instructor so that I'll never have a panic attack underwater, right. you're setting yourself up again for something wrong. All you all the training is there to do is to overtrain your body into a right response mm-hmm. that if you've just done it one time is unlikely that you're going to have it when the proverbial shit hits the fan. Right. Even little things can turn into big things and you know, I can. I've seen people panic in little things because their their mind is three steps ahead already into what what's going to happen. And again, it goes to the training, it goes to the ability to handle things at neutral buoyancy, stop, think, get your team's attention, whatever. Yeah, because you still hear, uh, although it, it gets rarer and rarer, hopefully more so. But I mean, you still hear of. Highly advanced, highly technical divers, uh, exploration level divers that do die still, and <laughs> things go wrong, and they panic, and shoot to the surface from something happens, yeah, from two hundred and fifty feet, like mm-hmm. uh, what they know that they can't do, and something that for years and years and years they've been diving, and know that they would never do, mm-hmm. but it can happen to anyone. Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, even even me, I look at that all the time. That's why I I'm always trying to 
up my game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Still practice the basics. Try to make them a little bit cleaner, a little bit smoother, a little bit better. Agreed. All right. Well, hey, those are some uh, do's and don'ts from the divingpicks.com website. There's, I, I found a bunch of these. I just, just picked this one just because it was fun. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, as a way to look at what would put uh, the, the, a diver on the nice list versus the old naughty list. The old naughty list. Well, uh, the weather outside, Brando, is getting frightful. I don't know if you've noticed. (laughs) But this podcast is so (laughs) delightful. And since we're in quarantine and have no place to go, you know what I say? Let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow, baby. Um, All right, everybody. Hey. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. This is uh, our Christmas show. Happy holidays uh, if you don't celebrate Christmas. Happy New Year coming up. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Is 2021, 2020 is finally over. Be careful, man. Let's Be hope careful. It's the really devil over. you know may be better than the devil that's about to be launched here in a week. <laughs> that is true. Good kid. People are like, oh, I can only get better. False. Don't, that is false. Don't panic. How about that? <laughs> Keep listening to the Great Dive Podcast. All right. All right, man. Yeah. Happy holidays to everybody and Merry Christmas. And we'll see you. It will be the new year, right? Or is that New Year's Eve? Yeah, next, next, next week will be the new year. All right, everybody. We'll see you next year. There's a All the snorkels were hung. Mercy. All right there. No, Corona. I'm uh <laughs> Corona. Uh I'm allergic to recording. <laughs> the, the snorkels were hung by the fill station with care.